0: I'm Grant Lee Martelli, and this is Above the Noise, a podcast at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. Thank you again for tuning in to Above the Noise, a program at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. This is my first broadcast. I've wanted to do this for a while, have this conversation. I chose the podcasting Venue right now, because it seems to me to be one that could work. Maybe eventually it may go to a book or it may go to a blog as well. But this is where we're starting. I'm um, Thank you for tuning in. Please bear with me as I learn how to do this. I'm doing it from my home office. I'm not in the studio. My equipment is very elementary and beginning. You may hear some noise in the background. You may even hear a truck going by or you may hear voices or dogs barking kids playing on the street Uh, we want to have this as more of a conversation rather than a professional production and also this is my best version of a studio but I hope the conversations are going to be encouraging and exciting for you and that you choose not only to listen but to tell other people and that we can grow together as we perfect this program having these conversations these difficult conversations we're also going to have guests who are going to Join us periodically and share what they're doing in this area of faith, race, and reconciliation, how it affects their daily lives, and how they're trying to make changes in community. Maybe give some tools that you and I can use also as we become ambassadors of faith, race, and reconciliation. So I hope you continue listening, and I hope that as we grow together, our audience will grow, our conversations will grow, and our communities will be better going forward. Some may ask, why a podcast about faith, race, and reconciliation? My question is, why not? Isn't it about time that we begin to talk about these issues that are so prevalent in our community here in the United States and around the world, and yet we spend so little time talking about them and trying to find ways to reconcile our differences It doesn't mean that we all begin to think the same way and not have different thoughts and and intellect and ethical integrity, but it means that we begin to look at our differences as maybe ways to bring us together rather than separate us. Some may say this is in response to some of the current political issues around the world, and and Grantley just wants to get his voice in. Um, I would say these things have been going on long before, the present situation that we see, and not just here in the United States, but in other countries in Europe and around the world where there's you know racial se- sentiments being explicitly brought out into the public and anti-immigrant issues and separationist issues coming up. But these things have been around for a long time and we failed to address them adequately and they continue to be around uh, among us. Hate groups didn't just start in 2016. And racism didn't just begin to raise head in Virginia in 2017 or 2018. Many of these groups have been allowed to proliferate for many years and been doing this for many years. And just because the media shows up with cameras and documents what's going on doesn't mean that these are new things. The issues have been around as long as man has been around. People of faith have not always been on the side of justice and equity, have not always shown up on these sides. Too many times people of faith have remained silent, trying to say, well, let the system work it out, and we can just continue doing what we are doing. In fact, in many places of faith on weekends, some of these issues are is not even brought up. They're considered to be out of place. Well, how can the things that the Word of God speaks about be out of place to discuss among people of faith. When we allow our tradition, our history, and our personal prejudices to rule in our lives, we become vulnerable to participation in injustice, whether we do it voluntarily or involuntarily. We become vulnerable to these things because our tradition and our history takes the place of precedence above our faith. Can we begin to see people not as other than, but as like Jesus said, like our brothers, and begin to love our neighbor as ourselves? If we love our neighbor as ourselves, then how can we allow certain things to happen to our neighbor that we would not allow to happen to ourselves? It just seems to be inconsistent. Instead of seeing the world and the either or vision of, limited resources and I must have these resources which means the other person cannot have them can we begin to look at it and say there's more than enough to go around and can we find ways of using the resources we have so that everyone benefits can we address the issues of power and privilege so that power and privilege are not continually swayed in one direction and causing grief and pain and hurt and lack of resources to other people. Can we begin to see resources not as scarcity, but as avenues for us to make sure that everyone on our planet has the ability to live and to breathe and to eat and not to suffer malnutrition and the things that we see going on in the world every day. And yet we know there's more than enough resources to address these issues. Race plays a part in every aspect of life and is present in every institution and every structure around us. And unless we look at them intentionally with the eye towards removing institutional and historic remedies of prejudice and discrimination, then we will continue to let them flourish and we will continue to see the things around us. So this podcast is about talking about these things, trying to bring them to light, trying to educate people. Race is an identifier for most. We don't get to choose where we were born, the color of our skin, the language we speak, whether we were born into poverty or wealth. We come into this world in those places, but that doesn't mean that we should be forced to live our life in those places for the rest of our lives or race, or ethnicity affect how we see the world? Because in large part, we are born into a certain culture and a certain environment, and that begins to affect our worldview. Can we come to the point where we re-examine our worldview and begin to adjust it towards a more equitable and a more just worldview? In contrast, the same factors that sometimes we see ourselves in other people see us as as well people make judgments about us because of the color of our skin or maybe because of the clothes we wear or maybe because our ability to speak english well or things like that and these values are also based on insufficient information and we may be surprised to come to know that that person that we think is that much different from us may be a lot more similar to us than we actually realize, if we just take the time to get to know them. The real work is to become self-aware enough to stop any negative downward spirals of what is bringing us to the lowest level, the level of differentiation and separation and sometimes hostility. Qualities that differentiate us may also be qualities that help to unite us. Can we mature enough to accept the differences as good, as ways to strengthen each other, rather than ways to tear us down? Some police officers are more likely to draw their weapons on people of colour than they are on people who are white. This is a proven fact. Now, it doesn't mean that all officers, police officers, they are prejudiced and are instruments of institutional racism. Some are trying to do a very good job and most do a very good job and we appreciate their service, but there are enough who cross the line to make this an issue of institutional bias and that we need to try to understand what causes people to react this way simply because a person looks different or may dress different or speak different. Schools, like I said before, have now been documented to issue harsher punishments to children of color than their white counterparts. Why is this? And why does that continue to happen? Isn't it time that we begin to discuss this? Because there are many teachers and principals and educators out there who do not want this to be associated with them, who are not like that, who are people trying to do what's right. But there are enough instances of this institutional bias that we deserve the opportunity to talk about it and to say how can we fix it and what can we do to make things more equitable so until we accept that race impacts every aspect of our community and our lives we will continue to fail to see what is impacting the decisions and values in our community why it is that even though we may say we don't support these values they continue to be perpetuated People of faith should be leaders in racial reconciliation. Yet we see that many times people of faith are followers and at worst sometimes even participants in racial disparities. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all our heart, soul and mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves. The scripture goes on to say, How can we say we love God whom we have not seen and hate our brother whom we can see now today we we get we have political correctness and the word hate may be a word that people consider to be very sensitive but the scripture is there and is there for a reason and it tells us that people of faith if we fail to treat our brothers as our neighbor we are demonstrating hate whether we like the word or not it is the truth if we accept the, the Bible is true. Reconciliation to each other is hard work. Reconciliation to each other requires honesty and challenging the status quo. Reconciliation to each other requires us to become uncomfortable with our current comforts. And too many times we as people of faith want to be comfortable. We don't want to rock the boat. We want to go on and be not stand out. But living a life of faith will never allow us to be comfortable in places where there is injustice. Reconciliation to each other requires us to be willing to have conversations that are uncomfortable or awkward or sometimes even difficult to speak. And allows us to see our flaws that may have taught us to to think about certain things as true or normal when they really aren't true or normal. So this podcast is aimed at increasing awareness at beginning to facilitate those uncomfortable conversations in a way that draws us to action of redefining who is my neighbor and how I relate to them with this new information. To act in ways that causes us to see injustice, to see where our institutions, policies and practices may be causing harm to others either intentionally or unintentionally. This podcast is aimed to help us to become willing to admit that you or I may need to change the way we see the world, the way we've been taught, the things that we've been given as values that are true, and we may have to adjust those because we realize that we are all subject to institutional biases, we're all subject to our traditions and our community and the places where we associate, but yet if we're going to be intellectually honest and ethically honest, we may need to look at some of these things that previously have been taught to be true and of of score and begin to say, what can we do to truly effect change in the community around us and really begin to understand that to love our neighbor as ourselves means that we love them in a way that anything that we consider to be not appropriate for me and my family, therefore, should not be appropriate for our neighbors within the context of love and justice and reconciliation. When we think about faith and race and reconciliation, In my estimation, one of the first places we should go is to the Bible, because faith has to do with belief in God and how that affects our life. One of the most prominent places I find this in the Bible is in the book of Acts, where we see Peter, one of Jesus' most ardent disciples, one of the people who spent most of his time with Jesus, one of the people who was leader of the disciples, even all the way through the New Testament, he's mentioned first in nearly every instance, the mention of the disciples. We see when we get to Acts chapter 10, that Peter, even though he was filled with the Holy Spirit, even though he was doing good, even though he, people could be healed by just walking in the shadow of his body as he walked down the street, we find that Peter had the trouble with bias, and discrimination. You see, because many times our traditions, our institutional biases, our cultural influences overshadow our view of the work and the promises of God. Too many times we have simple answers to complicated questions. So Peter found himself in this situation where he was, went up to the house rooftop to prayer, and as he was praying, the Holy Spirit appeared to him and uh, came down in a blanket showing him animals and creatures living and the the spirit said to him rise up and eat peter was hungry and even though he was hungry and he got he was being provided with exactly what he wanted peter said i'm not gonna eat that nothing unclean has ever entered my mouth and it happened two times, and then the voice from heaven said, Do not call things unclean that I have cleaned. You see, Peter is in a position that many of us find ourselves in. We pray to God and we ask God for what for certain things, and when he gives them to us, we look at the answer and we say, Oh, I don't want it that way. But what Peter come to find out later, when he was invited to the house of Cornelius, immediately after this experience, entering into the house of a Gentile, he found that he had biases and when when he went to cornelius's house he said you know that it is not acceptable for a jew to enter the house of a gentile peter was struggling with this despite of all the good things he did despite of his reputation as a leader he was prejudiced he did not love his neighbor as himself he didn't want to go through to samaria when jesus was with the disciples, they would walk around Samaria and Jesus says, we are not walking around the city anymore. We are going through the city and we are gonna deal with the issues of race and sect that is separating us. And out of that came the Samaritan woman and an entire village of people got to hear the gospel. Now, Peter's finding himself in Caesarea where an- another man has gathered his whole family and his servants, he's a Roman, citizen, a Gentile. Peter had a problem with this. He was not only a Gentile, but he was a Roman citizen, the people who oppressed him. And finally, he realized that the Holy Spirit was trying to teach him that God does not show favoritism. And he says then in Acts chapter 11, if God has chosen to share his gospel and his Holy Spirit with these, the Gentiles, who am I to question him? And that is a good place for us to come if we're gonna deal with the issue of faith and race. How is our faith being challenged by our own personal biases, our prejudices, what we have been brought up to believe, what we have been taught, what we have been taught by a Sunday school, by our grandparents, by our family, by our community. And now we have to come face to face with the fact that we have to define who is my neighbor. How is my faith gonna reconcile me with dealing with my neighbor? How am I gonna represent Christ? How am I going to represent myself in the world if I call myself a believer, but yet I can't bring myself to associate with people who I don't believe are worthy, who is as good as me? I heard from a Jewish person who grew up a Jew who's now a Christian. He says one of the things that we were taught was that we are special people and we are better than other people. And he said it took me many, many, many years before I could come to grips with that and realize How wrong that teaching was. So today I propose to you that if we're going to come to grips with issues of faith and race, if we're going to learn to be salt and light in the world, if our lives are going to make a difference for this world and we're going to love our neighbor and we're going to be agents of peace, we're going to be peacemakers, as it said, blessed are the peacemakers. Then we have to come to grips with our personal biases our prejudices what our institutions have taught us our institutional biases what we're what we've con- subconsciously and consciously interpreting every day into our system and then we have to come to those honestly and ethically and intellectually honestly and say if i am going to be a representative if i'm going to be salt and light if i'm going to be a peacemaker then I have to reconcile these differences in me personally before I can bring and ask people to reconcile them in themselves. I hope to hear from you. I hope this made sense to you. I would love to know what you think, but this is the basis of how this podcast is going to be going forward. Are we honest enough to come to the point where we say... I need to recognize what I've been taught. I need to recognize how I've been brought up. I need to recognize how these things that I may have been holding sacred, may be holding trustworthy, may be holding as foundational to myself all of these years, may not be exactly what I need to be believing. And am I willing to accept them and to be willing to examine them in the true light of the scripture, which says what God has made acceptable who am I to make it unacceptable? Join me again and welcome to Above the Noise. This is Grant Lee Martelli, your host, signing off. Thanks for joining us today and subscribe to this podcast so that you can know when the next issue becomes available.